This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is September the 25th, 2020. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Be a unique beast. Really, be a unique beast. I'm offended by selling Best freaking guest in the space. They are here today. Brandon has returned. Linear Trav has returned. He, he's the 3D, you know, the 3D uh, printing dude. And Truth Raider has made his first appearance in the show. They are all linked to below, okay? And since Truth Raider is the newbie on the show, but a veteran, a veteran of Twitter, many of you know him and are following him already, we're going to start with him. Uh, I like unique. Beast, I like unique news. And I thought it was pretty unique earlier this week when it was announced by uh, Steve Barber, uh, cryptically announced, that he uh, he would be mining Bitcoin for a city. He didn't say what city, but he said uh, he would be mining Bitcoin for a city. A city would mine. So I he's in Canada. I assumed it would be a Canadian city. There's big cities. There's little cities. Like if Calgary makes an announcement they're mining Bitcoin, that would be freaking awesome. So I got my fingers crossed on that. But uh, Truth Raider, you uh, you commented it on it on uh, on Twitter, and uh, I mean you you kind of downplayed it a little bit. You said you knew of other cities. So what what's what's your take? Is this a big deal? Am I making too big of a deal out of all this? No, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, I'm just, it's not a, it happens. It happens all over. It happens in uh, Asia. It happens in, in uh, Europe, in the Middle East. There's lots of, uh, lots of places that are mining for local government governments. That's, that's happening all over the world. However, they don't talk about it because it's not something that's broadcast. So the, so it's a, it's a double sided coin. He's probably working with a city to mine Bitcoin, which is something unique. My point was there's people mining um, not as uh, open, you know, you know what I mean? So there's a, I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't want to lay lay it all out there, what you're doing, if you're, if you're a city and, and, and you're secretly mining it or, or whatever. But uh, I, 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 and I wonder if it'll ever be revealed what Canadian city is doing this. So, so I, I'm, I think I think he he will. I think what he's doing is he's probably working with the city and he's probably working with one of the major uh, oil companies or natural gas companies up in Canada. So he's probably got a partnership with, you know, because he's doing a lot of uh, work already with um, what is it? The uh, the byproducts. Basically, he's he's mining Bitcoin mining off uh, energy byproducts. So he probably made a deal with whatever city where he's doing it. And he said, Hey guys, I'm doing this. Do you want to make a corporate deal with, you know, whatever big companies working with? And they're like, yeah, like whether, you know, like an Exxon or a BP or something like that. That's my guess. Now you are saying that you do know in this big old world of ours, that there are other cities uh, that are mining Bitcoin. Of course. Yeah. But did you can't, you can't name them or anything like that. Are they big, bigger cities or, uh, no, it's most of it's in the third world places like in Bulgaria, um, in different places in China and Iran. A lot of the a lot of the local municipalities are mining Bitcoin. Um, and we, now and with, the, with with the Iran, we are always hearing these stories. Like Iran is going to mine so much Bitcoin. That's not just hype. There, there, there are people really doing it there. Of course, there's a really good. If you want to see 
the, the really cool thing about uh, the cool thing about Bitcoin um, hash rate uh, calculators. There's one from Oxford. It's like the Oxford Bitcoin hash rate calculator. And what they do is it shows every country and every location in the world that's using the Bitcoin blockchain and, and the hash rate that it produces. So you can physically see each country, um, how what percentage and how much hash rate they're producing for the network. There, I mean, it's you can't hide it. It's it's visible. Um, what you can hide is the physical location and the physical person that's doing the mining. That's what's not advertised. So, so that's what I mean. Like in China, there are for sure hundred percent municipalities mining Bitcoin. Hundred percent. I mean, in uh, Bulgaria. Um, well, I think it was 2018, they had a parliament meeting where they said, hey, we're, we're doing Bitcoin mining, you know, like on the floor of parliament. So that's kind of what I mean. Like, is it a big deal that cities are mining Bitcoin? Yeah. But I would argue it's already happening. They just don't talk about it. All right. Very good point. Very good point. Let's go to uh, Linear Trav. What's your take? Well, I think this is... Um instance where you see the Cantillon effect and Gresham's law converging. If you um, can imagine what they did over at MicroStrategy, right? It's um, the first snowflake in the avalanche for various businesses to show that, hey, we're getting involved in this because the current system, the fiat, literally, they said, is melting. And I think now you see cities themselves that are farther away from the central government money spigot find that they need to fend for themselves, just like the companies of MicroStrategies and others that are not really being open with their investments. But um, I think when you have people looking for that better money, that free money, the institutions that we find out about are just going to get larger and larger. I mean, as far as the cities and the countries and companies, um, I just think the, the world really is in dire need for free money. And, you know, Bitcoin is the answer. And now people are starting to ask the question. So when I hear that there's a city now starting to mine, that means they've been doing a lot of homework. And obviously they have. Yeah, it's interesting that the media hasn't... Uh... I mean, I picked up he, Steve's tweet got retweeted quite a bit. I, I talked about it on my show on Wednesday, mm -hmm. but uh, CoinDesk, the main dudes haven't talked about it yet. Mm, that's interesting. I'm just throwing it out there. Brandon, what's your take? Oh, well, let's first off, it's interesting you throw that out there because we at Bitcoin Magazine uh, are trying to get Steve to uh, give us the scoop. Uh, <laughs> so, so stay tuned. Maybe we'll get lucky and he'll leak it to us. Uh, maybe he'll go, you know, uh, a coin desk or someone else who knows, but we're definitely trying to track it down. You know, I have a few takes kind of piggybacking on what you guys said a little bit. Uh, first and foremost, it's not surprising to me at all that cities want to mine Bitcoin. And especially you should be able to tie those cities to where, you know, government subsidies for electricity exist. Uh, because it's basically free money at that point, right? You know, like, yeah. especially, you know, they're trying to balance budgets, they can't go into debt, that kind of stuff. Well, if you can effectively incrementally increase your budget a little bit by mining Bitcoin and then selling the profits of that, then that makes total sense to me. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't be doing that. So I bet we would see that the cities that mine Bitcoin uh, overwhelmingly have subsidized power uh, as well. And that that's just really an arbitrage play that they're doing. So that'd be my first take. Uh, second take, and this is like my dumb take, 
uh, is that when I originally read the the tweet that uh, Steve put out, he like ended it with ohm or something like that, but it was like O M M M M something like that. So I was like, I wonder if he's giving us a hint here. Uh, and my like two gut reactions were either like uh, it's some place where people meditate a lot, uh, or it's Omaha, Nebraska. So there's <laughs> there's my two guesses. Uh, I have so, no idea beyond that. Ohm is so what Ohm is is Ohm is the is the system he has set up to mine natural gas offsets. So what he what that Ohm was was that's why I thought originally at least he has is a deal with the city and like a, a company, um, gas company, natural gas company in order to mine. Because Ohm is the miner. That's what his miner is. That's gotcha. like okay. yeah. So so he's given so, like he's given a he's given a hint. He's dropping a hint. I figured it had to be a hint somehow. I didn't know that was yeah. what he, uh, uh, what his rigs were called. But uh, the yeah, they're called ohms. Ohms. Yeah. You, you bring up a good point though that there is a huge mining opportunity that we've seen now. A bunch of different people trying to jump into, which is taking uh, you know we have regular like regulatory restrictions around flaring uh, excess natural gas uh, yeah. and oil and that kind of stuff. And so you know if this is what he's doing, that makes total sense. That basically he's you know uh, taking the flaring and repurposing that into more energy production to use specifically for mining. So very interesting. Indeed. Well, let's, uh, does it, do you guys have any, anything else to say about that? Uh, all right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, we'll keep Brandon here because you brought this up to me. Over a hundred thousand Bitcoins are wrapped on Ethereum now. And I put on in quotes because I, for me, I, I don't know why anyone even it's for people that want to play in the DeFi space, basically. But Brandon, this was a story for you. You you, you talk about this story. Yeah, so uh, 100% agree. People are only doing this because there's, you know, DeFi games to play, right? And they can't play it on the Bitcoin chain. So they're, they're wrapping it onto Ethereum, right? Uh, what makes it interesting to me is actually the, the risk that it sets up from a couple standpoints, right? First off, you have uh, the whatever gateways, you know, the BitGo's, the, if they're creating more of them. Uh, there are ways for that to spectacularly fail. Uh, and so when, if, and when that happens, you know, that's going to be a brand new scam that we've never seen before. Uh, uh, I mean, it's going to be somewhat akin to an exchange hack, but you know, from a totally different perspective, uh, where you'll still have tokenized Bitcoin on Ethereum that now like hasn't been seized. It's not gone. Like no one's taken that from you, but the Bitcoin on the Bitcoin chain may have been taken from you. And what does that do to the economics? I have no idea, right? You know, uh, uh, and then the second thing that's really interesting to me is that if more Bitcoin gets wrapped onto Ethereum, you begin to see legitimate uh, uh, security risks posed to Ethereum because, you know, this is a billion dollars now sitting not on the ETH, you know, base. Uh, it's, it's not ETH, right? It's an ERC-20 token. So that sort of risk profile that it uh, uh, introduces to that chain, you know, maybe a billion isn't the number, but if you have 40 billion and ETH's market cap is 40 billion, you know, all of a sudden you're starting running into some very weird security issues of uh, wrapping Bitcoin onto there. So like, you know, ETH's now effectively a, a, a Bitcoin sidechain, and that's cool. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that people have game theoried out exactly all that risk that it entails when you start wrapping Bitcoin onto Ethereum. I don't think it's Bitcoin. No, it's not. It's not Bitcoin. But it, it's it is interesting that it's become a side chain to Bitcoin. And if people want to dabble in this, be my guest. Uh, is Ethereum the next Ethereum, though? Can 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 another uh, 
can there could be a competitor that uh, replaces Ethereum uh, as the main uh, Bitcoin sidechain that's doing all this fun stuff? That's token is is, is Tron, Are you going to be able to tokenize on Tron? Is is what's your or do you even care? Well, Brand, you work for Bitcoin Magazine, so you might not care. But uh, <laughs> I, I just I just uh, I just thought I would bring it up there because I think. Uh, I don't think anybody can surpass uh, Ethereum for what they're doing now, for for the good or for the bad. Uh, but what's your take, Brand? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I think that side chains are interesting from the standpoint of what can we enable for Bitcoin. Um, so I do care from this that perspective in terms of you know, there's no loyalty for me for you know one side chain versus another. I will say I think that Ethereum's real moat is the. Uh, the number of people who bought at seven dollars and are now sitting at you know 400 or whatever it's at that you know are very invested into ethereum from like a uh, allegiance perspective and that moat of you know community and dev talent probably won't be surpassed in my opinion you, know, you got dot who like just came out recently and has you know a technically technologically superior platform and all that kind of stuff but it launched at like a billion dollar valuation so it's not like people are in it, you know, they, they don't have their pockets really invested except for a couple VCs. Uh, so I don't think that that's going to be a com uh, competing uh, project, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to be a really competitor. Well, I, we're going to move on to Truth Reader and his take on 100,000 <laughs> 100, Bitcoin wrapped on Ethereum. Uh, <laughs> what What is your take? It is, it is a honeypot of destruction, but uh, what, what, what's, your, what's your take on the situation? I mean, my personal take is it's uh, there is no I, I agree. There's no Bitcoin on on Ethereum. It's just a, it's a it's a novelty act. And what's funny that you mentioned it is today or today there was an AMA with Tron and Bitco where they just announced Wrap BTC on Tron. Literally just did <laughs> they did, they did, they, they did the whole uh, copy paste. Which Tron? <laughs> what I, I actually like Tron because I like the fact that they take what Ethereum does. And they do it better, build momentum, and then like crush it. And then they wait for Ethereum to do something, you know, out there again. And then they just replicate it and crush it. It's like, it's like free, it's like free money, just like staring at Ethereum. Be, because Ethereum, the only way Ethereum will scale is with other solutions. Like it, on chain, Ethereum will never scale, in my opinion. It has zero chance uh, of scaling without some layer two, something else. That makes it scalable. So, I think BTC is another one of those like, hey, let's do something fancy in the DeFi space to like make everybody come over to Ethereum. But it, it what what does it do? What does Wrap BTC do? What's the purpose? It's That's so question. It's so you What's can trade to get uh, traded on like sushi or one of those uh, exchanges or whatever. Pizza. Or Uniswap. Whatever, it's so yeah. you. It's so you can go on Uniswap, right, Brandon? Is that is that the answer? I yeah, I mean. There are DeFi tools that you can kind of use with it. The biggest one being Uniswap, where you can stake that Bitcoin, wrapped Bitcoin uh, in a liquidity pool. And then uh, you're basically providing liquidity on an exchange that you can start getting trading uh, uh, like fees for. But I mean, it's all it's all games. It's all wand waving. Uh, I mean, there's not really value there. So it's it's so it's wrap BTC then is like everything else Ethereum keeps putting out. It's a trader tool or it's a developer tool. That's what Ethereum people do. They build dev tools and they build um, tools that are just for traders. That's my take. Like I'm waiting for like, hey, here's a good idea outside Ethereum, you know? So, so with, with, with that in mind, now part of the reason I bring up Tron is because 
well, Udi on Twitter, <laughs> whenever people bring up a theory of he brings up Tron, it seems like it's kind of I a love theory. it. I love it. It's yeah. a joke. It's a joke. But but seriously though, do you think that a Tron could replace Ethereum? Is yes. Yeah, so the, the I say Ethereum is the next Ethereum. I don't think anyone can surpass Ethereum. Uh, but I, do, how about you, uh, Truth Raider? No, I'll go on record saying Tron's better than Ethereum. I've got no problem saying that. But it's every day of the week. It's better, but we're talking about yeah. mass adoption type of stuff. I think I think what people like I'm American. You guys, I think Canadian Americans. Um, all Americans, yeah, all Americans. Yeah. All Americans. Okay. Well, my point to that was um, Americans like us that don't think open-minded about the situation forget the fact that that Tron is bringing in a shit, a shitload of money from Asia. Like he's his. If you look at USDT on Tron and you yeah. look at the amount of money flowing into Tron from the Asian markets, like like Justin Sun uses like America and Canada as like a novelty act. But in reality, Justin Sun is playing China. He's playing like Hong Kong, Japan, Korea. Like people are forgetting the fact that like overseas, like he is a big deal. So like that's what people forget. Like honestly, like I think he's going to he's going to dominate Asian markets. Um, once it grows bigger, uh, it, just because of branding, man, that's my well, take. Well, this is this reminds me of uh, 2016 when we would talk about Litecoin, and there were many entities in Asia that just like Litecoin because of Charlie Lee and and, and his connection. So uh, there, there that's, is not, a that's not. I, I would say that's not the same though, because the equivalency is not the same. Because and, and it's not about Tron; it's about perception. Um, for example, the Chinese National Bank sees Tron as the, it, their view is that Tron is building the second best blockchain out there. Like that, that's one of their viewpoints. So like, it's not like a novelty act, like where just or where uh, Satoshi Light was like a novelty. Litecoin was a novelty. You know, like he, Justin Sun is working with governments. He's he's talking to governments. He's not talking to like you know like putting a, a tag on a UFC mat that says Litecoin. You know, like that, there's a huge difference. Like it's not the same. Like it's, it's just, it's not the same equivalent. Like he's gunning for Ethereum. That's what, that's what Justin Sun is doing. And uh, good, good, I don't good, know. For, good for him. Compete. Don't complain on his part. He is, I mean, he's good at marketing himself too and, and making himself yeah. as a big public figure uh, in the space. Do you think, I mean, it, now that we're talking about him, we're going, we're going beyond Bitcoin here for a second. But uh, do you, you know how he purchased Steam it? Do you think he can uh, save that thing? Nobody cares about that. Like I use Tron, right? Like uh, <laughs> I like Bitcoin. Bitcoin is like Bitcoin will always be number one. Like okay. I will, but and, and I think Bitcoin is the future of micropayments and it's the future of, of, of payments. It just hasn't like the layer two side of it hasn't been solved. I think Bitcoin will figure that out. Yeah, you, you, you just answered so, another. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Please. No, so so I'm not like one of these people that think like I think Bitcoin will is the future of payments. It's just going to be something that's not created yet. However, that doesn't mean like I said, just research USDT Tron and try it. There's a you use USDT Tron and then try USDT Tron, uh, Ethereum. Try them both out for a couple days, for a week. Spend a week on both of them. Do an experiment and see how how you feel at the end of that seven day period. So <laughs> that's 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 just an idea, you know. Like, 
That's what I tell people. Like, if you haven't tried it, and everybody in Asia I talk to uses USDT Tron. Everybody, like all, like everybody uses it. So it's they use it for payments. They use it for. I mean, it's the the Ethereum argument doesn't work okay. for payments. For payments, it doesn't work for payments. We're we're gonna get into the uh, the, the the stable coins uh, soon in this show. Uh, and I'm glad you, you sort of answered my question. You are, you would be like a Bitcoin firster. You're you're willing to look at these other ones. Um, you've cl clearly experimented, but you 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 you're not ever changing your mind on Bitcoin being number one. I think Bitcoin is the future of payments. I think I think it's going to be a payment payment. Uh, it's the future of money, but it's also the future of payments. I think a layer two solution is going to solve. The, the scalability problem for Bitcoin. And I think it's gonna be used internationally for payments. I still believe that. I still haven't left that train of thought even though I like Tron. Okay. I, I, you know. Wow, a legitimate liker. And this guy's a, a real deal dude here too. A legitimate guy who likes Tron, oh, to each his own, this is good. This is good, we're getting, I bring you unique beast, pound that freaking like <laughs> button people. I, and Because I was looking over your whole your whole Twitter feed. There's some people are going to see your Twitter feed. And they're going to like, well, what is, who is this guy? Cause you talk about different, different ones that I never talk about. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, yeah, we're getting a little bit of Tron insight today. I never, never knew that would happen. All right. But you never know what you're going to get on this freaking show now. All right. Let, let's go to, uh, let's go to linear Trav. I do. I, last time linear Trav was on, we had Ty Zen on and you know, there was, you know, Ty Zen is verbose. So linear Trav didn't get to speak very much. I know you actually don't have much to say. It was spirited, it was spirited though. I mean, we yeah, had yeah. a good conversation. <laughs> I, I bought back a little bit. So. Right, so, what, what's your take on a, a hundred, uh, just on wrapped on the concept of rap BTC? Well, the first thing I got to ask and kind of tongue in cheek is, is that, is that 120, billion or 1.2 billion number even uh correct since they can't even calculate their <laughs> number of <laughs> that's kind of mean but <laughs> i mean and, and they like to tell how many uh you know wrapped bitcoin they have compared to lightning but i mean what's what's actual actually being used kind of like you said on what I mean, Lightning is is gaining traction as a use case for payments. And this thing, I mean, my buddy was playing this, <laughs> whatever, the sushi game or whatever. And I mean, he was up 30% in a day, pulled it out, but he had to pay $30 transaction fee. And I'm like, how do you even... How do you even get there even with that? I mean, and it just reminds me of Safedine's quote, you know, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs> All right. All right. Good, 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 good reminders there. Long-term thinking people, long-term thinking. Now I do want to, there's a question from the audience that we'll start with brand. This deals with what we've been talking about. We'll start with Brandon. Are any of the guests excited about any Bitcoin third layers yet? Oh man. Talking about the third layers before the second layers are complete, but this is this is the way of the world. Everyone, uh, everyone rushes things. Brandon, is that is that too deep of a question there? Well, I don't know exactly what third layer means in this context. Uh, maybe it means like uh, lightning apps or something like that. Uh, uh, I will say one thing that you know I myself am really interested in. I know Bitcoin Magazine we've covered it a lot. Uh, 
the lightning strike by Jack Mallers is just one of the coolest UI uh, UX like experiences with lightning. I think that's a brilliant product. Uh, we've been following it closely because like, we really do think this is going to be one of those, you know, uh, uh, equivalent to like a, a Venmo or something like that. I mean, it's just, it's so, it makes so much sense. It's so cool how he's built the product. If you haven't checked it out, you know, we got some articles, you can go check them out. Uh, uh, but besides that, you know, so many of the games, all right, I'm going to cut this answer short because I could I could be really long-winded here. But what I will say is that so many of the financial products that we expect to be built onto Bitcoin, uh, I don't think are necessary when you have Bitcoin as your standard of money. Uh, I made, I was talking about this the other day, but like, you know, even all the way up to like, most of the things on DeFi really are just leverage games. And when you have Bitcoin, you don't really need leverage anymore. Bitcoin is deflationary in and of itself. You don't have to, you know, constantly be, uh, speculating and adding risk on in order to get more value. Bitcoin just appreciates. So I think that that's a weird flip of the mind. And so because of that, like you don't need all these financial games, these financial tools in order to have a successful product. You just need hard money and a way to transact it cheaply uh, and, and like security around it. And that's really all we need to worry about building. So layer three is cool. Uh, layer two, two is way cooler. Uh, layer one, layer one's where it's at. Uh, yeah. so, so that's, that's kind of where I'd put it. Yeah. I, I also like to keep it as simple as possible, but there's lots of people out there. To, everyone could do their own thing. Uh, tr truth Raider, your, your interpretation of a uh, third layer solutions. Uh, you, you, you want to address that one? I mean, you're, you're only talking about, uh, tens of millions of dollars that have been used on layer two right now. So like, I don't even want to dream about layer three until that layer two solutions fixed. I'm not even going to pretend like I know how to fix that. You know, I, I, I think it's, I think that's a good take. I think that's a good take. <laughs> P people rush, people rush here. Now there was another comment from Max X and it's actually an interesting comment. So I'll throw it out there. Uh, these guys must really hate Blockstream's liquid network then because we were, when we were talking about uh, side chains before, so uh, any thoughts on that, anyone? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 the reason I don't, I don't like or dislike, I, I like Blockstream. Um, you know, back in the day when there was the block size wars, you know, like uh, increasing the block size or not back in the day, a lot of people, there's an in, infighting in, on, the, on the blockchain about how to, to move forward with Bitcoin that never will be resolved. I think, I think it's always going to be the same way. It's going to be, um, it's going to be the way it is. So my idea of liquid is I think lightning has a better chance because it's going to get more money poured into it. It's going to have more developers pump into it, but maybe it'll work. I don't know, but I, I like lightning more than, than I like liquid to be honest. Yeah. I, I think this guy, I, I think, Oh, sorry. Oh no. It's, I, I think the good thing is, is that there's, a choice you know these are tools yeah. that we're talking about and yeah you know some tools over time are sharper than others and they get used more and then they get developed more and and enhanced so from that standpoint you know um if it's not a tool that takes off like lightning will then you know it'll be it'll just die off it's not i mean i don't think it's I think, the, 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 I think what Bitcoin needs is like, I guess my point is you got lightning, you got liquid. There'll probably be 10 other second layer two solutions, right? What we mm -hmm. need is like, we need a USB drive 
for Bitcoin. You know, like we need something that everybody says, this is the USB for Bitcoin. This is how you do micropayments. Everybody knows that Bitcoin is the standard. Cool. That's awesome. We've already settled that argument. Let's all agree on the device and make it the best device possible that everybody uses. The, the same they do with every other tech that, that gets adopted. You know? I, I think the guys, one of the guys' points, uh, and he didn't really elaborate what his point was, was that we were all ripping on rap BTC saying it was pointless. But uh, then he, he was wondering, well, what, are, what is everybody's take on uh, uh, liquid, which is uh, it's com sort of comparable, I guess. I, I, I think that's what the dude was getting out there. Uh, so wait, could, could I do a real quick, real quick take? Because I understand please. exactly what he's trying to say. Um, okay, good, 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 good. Yeah. So, so from my perspective, there's a couple things that play. One is like the federated uh, gateway. It's like, you know, who is allowing, who is custodying the Bitcoin that's being transacted in order to get it onto the next layer, right? So, so there are differences there. Uh, and honestly, I haven't read enough about uh, a liquid to know exactly how their federated process works, but it's not permission. Like you get no, not anyone can just get LBTC right now. Uh, that's number one. Number two is that every single one of these layer twos has inherent security risks that are not present in layer one Bitcoin. And so from my yeah. perspective, nothing layer two, whether it's lightning, whether it's uh, wrapped Bitcoin, whether it's liquid Bitcoin, none of those are Bitcoin themselves. If they were every bit as secure, then we would put everything up on those uh, layer twos and not have to worry about it. It's not as secure, there are inherent risks. That doesn't mean it's bad, but it just means that from the way that I see it, you have to recognize that if you have new risks added to Bitcoin, then it's not Bitcoin that we like to talk about when we talk about the hard secure money. So. I don't, I don't rip on any of these projects. I don't like they could all create something really cool. I don't know. Uh, but what I'm saying is that the security risks are greater. Therefore, it is less valuable to me than layer one Bitcoin. All right. Th th there we go. That's that's a good uh, addressing uh, of the situation there. All right. Let's let's move on to uh, a brand, a topic Brandon uh, reminded me about that I don't really care that much about, but other people are gonna care about this. The FinCEN files. Oh, oh, we've learned that banks are corrupt and have uh, laundered money, done this, that, and the other, and also that FinCEN link leaks its uh, private information, I guess. Uh, Brand, did you want to speak about this? What's your uh, tying it into Bitcoin, I guess? Yeah, so uh, a couple takes. First and foremost, one of Bitcoin's biggest knocks, the way that the mainstream discredits it, is by saying that it enables you know criminals to launder money, right? Uh, I think the numbers have been thrown around about how much money has been laundered through Bitcoin is like single-digit billions, maybe. Uh, this was like over a trillion dollars, I think, that has been laundered through the banks in the past decade, basically in the same existence of Bitcoin. Uh, I think this was starting in 2007, so a little bit, you know, but they ended it in... No, 2009 to 2017. So actually the exact same existence of Bitcoin. They've laundered trillions of dollars of money through these banks. Uh, and the difference between Bitcoin and these banks is that the banks are actively monitored, actively, you know, someone said okay to this. Bitcoin's permissionless. Bitcoin's agnostic. If you use Bitcoin like that, it's a tool you can, you know, that's possible. These banks allowed it to happen. These banks allowed money to be laundered through them. They sent uh, information over to FinCEN saying this money laundering was happening and nothing was done about it. So from my perspective, this is orders of magnitude, both from a value perspective and from a culpability perspective, worse than money laundering happening on Bitcoin. Because like the, the frustrating thing to me is no one's gonna go to jail. Uh, and like right. it's, this is illegal 
actions happening with the U.S. dollar that we are we have regulatory bodies in place to make sure don't happen. It happens anyway, and at worst, you're going to get like a fine that equals to some part of your bottom line, and you just factor that in. It is frustrating beyond the pale to me, uh, but it also shows just how uh, uh, you know important Bitcoin is in all of this. All in right. Linear Trav. Yeah, I mean, I, I I kind of agree. You know, I can't say I'm shocked when I read about this, and it I mean, and it reminds me of the uh, Panda Panama what was it Panama Papers from four yes. years ago or so. I mean, I don't think most of those people that were transferring money back then were crooks, but they were basically doing the same thing, using the banks to move money, to hide it for their own gain. You know, I mean, they call it it's. They call it money laundering, but really it's just people moving money. And, you know, but the, the laws are written for us people that actually obey the laws, right? <laughs> the people that don't, they have the ability to just completely circumvent because they have the power. And it reminds me of the quote, rules for thee and not for me, right? I mean, all these people printing and... At, from the highest levels up, they're obviously allowing this. And, you know, like Brandon said, there's not going to be happen anything to these people. They'll get a slap on the bank, uh, a slap on the hand. And, and the harsher restrictions are going to be put on people like us, you know, that are working hard for our money to stack our sets. And um, I really think that kind of what Brandon alluded to is that they're going to put a bigger crackdown on Bitcoin, which I mean, just beyond the pale. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a second if it's going to cause a bigger uh, crackdown on Bitcoin. Because I, I see, uh, I see good, good signs in, in the United States at least of them being more accepting of cryptocurrency. But let's, uh, Truth Raider, what is your take on this, uh, on these uh, FinCEN files and its uh, relation to Bitcoin in any way? I, I like when uh, the stories come out, um, and this is why I'm a Bitcoin first person, like. There is there's Bitcoin and then there's everything else, right? So like there will never be anything like Bitcoin. I don't care what else comes out. So like the thing that's funny that for me because I'm a, I'm I'm probably like a 95% Bitcoin guy, right? And I like a little bit of some of their stuff. So Ethereum is making a play to be a bank. If you look at all of the centralized finance companies that are popping up, most of them are being built with Ethereum, right? So like if you look at uh, BlockFi or Celsius or all these other ones, it's just like it's Ethereum becoming a bank. So you don't think that once all of these companies become more, a lot bigger with bigger financial ins uh, institutions backing them, that they're going to not play the same games that we're seeing played out in the Panama Papers or the FinSec files. They're going to do the same stuff. It's all going to be the same. So like, I feel like Bitcoin was created because of, all of these problems and we're going full circle and we're recreating, we're recreating banks on the blockchain. You know, that's what I feel like we're doing. Like the whole space is just like, we're just, we're just making it to where it's, it's because people say that if it's on the blockchain, it can't be corrupt. You can't money launder. Why not? Why not? Why not? Of course you can. Of course you can money launder on the, on the blockchain. Like, it doesn't matter which chain you're using. You can money launder. You know, it's, that's that's bullshit, like, I, in my opinion. You I, know? I, I think traditional entities are going to use cryptocurrency in their traditional ways. And they're, they're yes. welcome to do that. They're, <laughs> yes. Yes. 
that's yeah. that, that's the bottom line right there. Um, yeah. Oh no, well, did I interrupt you anyway? If you just have something else to say. No, I was agreeing. Like if if you're if you're money if you're a professional money launderer, you're going to use whatever tools you have in your tool chest. <laughs> there, you know? there you go. Well, let, let's let's talk about the. Uh, well, I guess like, uh, when we're talking about regulation here, what's approved of, what's not. Um, the Office of the Comptroller and Currency issued stablecoin guidance this week. Coinbase's chief legal officer praised the move in a series of tweets today. Banks were given the go-ahead to hold reserves for stablecoin issuers. All right. And uh, a Coinbase guy said, we're happy to see regulators embrace innovations like stablecoins uh, and provide much needed guidance on how they fit within the current banking framework. We hope this will lay the foundation to national banks being able to custody and transact in stablecoins themselves, he added. Now I'm going to say this, stablecoins are centralized. Stablecoins are now apparently uh, they're on the good side of the governments, of, of the United States government. So I think I think that's a positive that uh, they have allowed a a cryptocurrency, quote unquote, to uh, to be on their good side. And I think in the long run that, that that's good for Bitcoin. Uh, and I, you know, to tell you the truth, four or five years ago, I, I couldn't imagine this day happening where uh, a, a government bureaucratic agency is saying, "Yeah, we're cool with the cryptocurrency." And uh, and and Coinbase is like, yes, we hope that eventually banks will be able to store it like money. Or and so, what what what's your take on this? Uh, we'll we'll start with a linear trap. To me, it, it sounds like what Facebook was trying to do. I mean, they had a basket of currencies that were pegging it to a dollar. I mean, essentially, that's what these stable coins are. They're, a, you know, a digital currency pegged to the dollar, but I, I'm just, I'm just trying to see, you know, this is, this is new to me. I'm trying to understand what the difference is. I mean, they don't want one corporation, I guess, like they did with Facebook or maybe, but maybe this is a step toward Facebook being approved for what they're doing. I, I, I think uh, one, one can maybe extrapolate a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's what, I mean, I'm just, throwing it out there when you you know you brought up facebook is cool the, the government well one aspect of the one part of the government wasn't too cool about facebook printing their own money um but maybe the occ will be uh cool about it i don't know uh but yeah. uh, uh, anything else you have on this uh this matter well i mean that's just funny you know having different government entities coming at each other with completely different views and different different goals and different methods of police. It's just, uh, it's yeah. always the highest one that wins though, you know? Well, but, and I'm more so referring to also, uh, you know, the, the Congress people who were just making it, they were just doing it all for a big show to say, you know, we hate Facebook. We don't want them to print their own money. Um, but, uh, but behind the scenes, if, you know, if they're told to do, you know, Hey, the, the, these other stable coins are, are going to be fine. Uh, and it's, uh, they'll be down with that possibly. So let, let's, yeah. uh, uh, Brandon, what, what's your take on the office of the controller of currency, uh, giving the saying that a uh, stable coins are kosher, I guess. So a couple things, I think like first and foremost, from what I understand, they're just saying that banks, uh, are allowed to hold the dollar reserves 
that the stable coins are pegged to, right? Uh, that I think that's what I understand from it. It's, but I mean, that's part of a big. I mean, yeah, yes, it is. That is true. So, that, I, I got that out of it also. But that's that's big. <laughs> that's big. Well, also. yeah, yeah. So, but what I'm saying though is like, you know, first and foremost, if they were saying, you know, a banks can just hold stable coins uh, on their balance sheet kind of thing, which is not what it says, that'd be totally that'd be crazy. Uh, but but, be but he did. But he's saying, uh, well, in, in the statement that I read, they hope we're one step closer to that now, and we are one step closer to that. Definitely. Yeah. So, so I'll give you the take on that first would be, uh, you know, Bitcoin's a stable coin. It's stable to one Bitcoin. So as soon as they allow stable coins, they allow Bitcoin. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. Um, like what is a stable coin? Uh, are you going to say that a stable coin is, uh, equivalent to, uh, like one to one to a dollar. So you can't have a stable coin that, you know, at all changes that, uh, make it like they're going to have to broaden it. And then eventually it's going to allow all the other currencies, all the other cryptos to get swept up under it. And it's going to just like open the floodgates. So that's first thing. Second thing, I wish I was a fly on the wall in Bitfinex's office when this came out and they all read it because holy cow, would they have been in a much better place if they could have just used a bank uh, for Tether in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, those poor guys that use that bank out in, what was it like the uh, Caribbean or... Yeah. Uh, that, that like, you know, they ended up being frauds, stole all the money. And then, uh, you know, we ended up seizing it from them. And they had like an 800 million or 800, was it 800 million? Yeah, $800 million shortfall because it got seized by the government. Uh, that totally wouldn't have happened if they could have just used a U.S. bank that, you know, didn't, wasn't comfortable with skirting all the regulations and ended up being, you know, uh, allowing money laundering, ironically enough. So uh, my two, my two takes there would be, you know, interested in seeing what comes next and poor Bitfinex, they, they must be really annoyed right now, but also excited that it makes Tether easier to, to uh, manage. All right. Truth Raider. I mean, my, my take is that they're, they're looking for a taxable event and uh, this helps. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's no way, there's no way that the SEC, there's no way that the IRS, there's no way that the governments of the world have any idea to know what the hell we're doing unless they get the banks to accept something like a stable coin that shows people's working salary. So let's say you're whatever your job is, you know, um, and you put your money in a bank and then you start doing transactions. They need a mechanism, aka a bank, which means we're going back full circle. We're going from, we're going pre, we're going pre Bitcoin, we're going Bitcoin, and we're going right back to pre Bitcoin by introducing stable coins. Back, it's like a full circle. So, my take is, yeah, it's great for the price of Bitcoin if all you care about is store value, but it's it's a loss for the industry because the more adoption we get from banks, the more we go back into being a bank. So. That's why I like, I like Bitcoin the most is because everything that gets created after, it seems like we go back to 2007, 2008, and it's just like, I don't know. I, right. that, I, I don't know. That's I got one Bitcoin. more thing to add to that, though. <laughs> I mean, you said you, you, you um, said a stable coin used as a store of value, right? That's, that's something that's- No, a, no. Oh. No, I, don't, I didn't mean that. I meant, oh, Okay. I meant I'm in a gateway, a gateway. So okay. they need a taxable event to get to the Bitcoin right. and stable coins are that taxable event, Yeah, you know, because that's how people get around um, taxes is without having to go through a bank transaction. This brings you back 
and it, it, it closes the loop between Bitcoin, a stable coin, and a bank. That's what I meant. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. As far as the yeah, the stable coin having a store of value. I mean, no. you got to think no. they have the two to five percent inflation rate built in, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I was not. I didn't, I didn't mean the stable coin. I meant the. <laughs> The, the government only does this stuff to produce a taxable event to get yeah. to your crypto. That's my point. And the store value is that final step, which is hopefully people realizing that Bitcoin is better than everything else. <laughs> All right. Brandon, you, you, were you about to say something else there? Well, so if I could jump in and just kind of uh, give my own two cents or my own two sats, what, uh, uh, what we were talking about earlier, like everything kind of gets rebuilt. Uh, I actually don't think necessarily is a bad thing because I think what we end up realizing from a market, the market is telling us that there are certain things, limited things that banks do that we find have value and we're willing to sacrifice, you know, security or, you know, imbue trust into this organization in order to have that. Uh, and so I'm not surprised that some of these, uh, you know, banks, crypto banks are being created. And if they bring value, uh, then they will continue to exist. I think the difference between what legacy financial system and and crypto banks is that legacy banks have to like the the system has been built up and regulated so hard that those banks have to exist and so because of that we can't get rid of them and they don't have to provide value because because they just they can't go away they're too big to fail right similarly uh you know and this is my own uh fringe take in this space but like governments uh have been have like super you know superimposed their own uh existence on everything and like taxes uh, uh don't really go anywhere anymore right but governments at their core there is a value prop there there is a reason why governments existed in the first place and and so as you know the system augments onto uh crypto governments will augment onto crypto too and the question is you know the the funny thing that i think about is uh um uh, the way that we tax, the way that the government has income and revenue uh, is is outdated and it doesn't work on crypto. And they're trying to like form fit it onto uh, what happens in Bitcoin, right? And it, you just, it won't work and they'll continue to, to slip away and they've got to they've iterate. And like the new technology should force governments to iterate, to figure out how they can collect taxes and how they can continue to provide value in a world that doesn't necessarily need them for everything anymore. And so, That'd be like my, my two cents is that it will all come onto Bitcoin eventually, but that we will see some sort of iterated version where they are forced to once again prove their value and their worth to the community in order for them to be allowed to exist. All right. Pound that like button, people. Okay. We're going we're gonna to stick with the brand. Brandon, you had a, uh, a question, a poll you put out there on Twitter that I thought was hilarious. And I'm going to ask everybody here just to give a quick answer on that. What happens to DeFi when Bitcoin starts pumping? What, uh, Trav, what do you think? Uh, I think if Bitcoin starts pumping, all that DeFi crap is probably going to go faster, higher. So you might see more, more than 1.2 billion come in, to be honest. Okay, I, I like that. Take the truth raider. I mean, is DeFi just ICO season or is it something that's like real? I I don't know the answer to that. All it I is, know is that. Well, I know the answer. I think it's no, just I mean, ICO season. Sorry. <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm just, that. that's like a rhetorical question. Like, what what is it? Like, it feels like ICO season. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, 
All right. Uh, what do you, uh, Brand, so Brandon, what do you think? Uh, uh, answer your own question there. What happens to DeFi when Bitcoin starts bumping? So uh, the short answer is I don't know uh, because that's why I asked the poll, right? The, uh, the long answer is I think there's two types of DeFi. Uh, there's one DeFi that's ICO season that you guys are talking about. And that's what everyone kind of knows. Uh, I think that is going to actually pump yeah, uh, along with Bitcoin because it is ultimately it's leverage on top of Bitcoin to, to some extent, and it's like you know it's just how it works, right? Uh, liquidity will you know once Bitcoin pumps, it'll kind of slow down. People will uh, exit out into these shit coins that then or the bad coins that uh, end up you know pumping because it's like an escape route from Bitcoin, right? That's that's like the first thing. But the second type of DeFi, which is leverage on stable coins, that I think will actually not pump and may actually start to crack and crumble and collapse because people don't want, like you're forced to sit in stable coins while everything else is pumping around you at a rate that's much higher than, you know, even a hundred percent annualized yield that some of these things are cranking out. So it's like, I think that actually ends up collapsing. And then if that collapses, then every other DeFi part in some extent will also collapse. So it, it could be like a huge house of cards. So I don't know. That's my gut, but my gut could be completely wrong with all this. Yeah, well, uh, on I like your uh, explanation of part two there that uh, explain what would happen with the stablecoin based ones. But going to the, the to the ones that are just uh, ICO like nonsense. That'll of course we, we can go back to 2017 when Bitcoin pumped all the ICOs pumped like madness. I mean, uh, a lot of people just remember it for that. The ICO is going wild. So I, I can see yeah. that same thing happening again. Uh, it, it's it's cyclical, as I say. Now, let's talk about the uh, crypto gossip corner of the week. I don't like crypto gossip usually. It's noise. But he's he's reared his ugly head again. And he's not ugly. I mean, he's an all right looking dude. Portnoy uh, was, was interviewed by a pump. All right. Pump likes to interview these. That's his business. Uh, it has, has Dave Portnoy jumped the shark in Bitcoin? Should we care? Uh, what, what, what is your take, uh, Truth Raider? I think my personal take is I think he gets it. I, I watched the interview. Um, I think he understands. He's just making crazy money right now. Like, it's hard for him to see through all the money he's, he's flowing in. <laughs> you know, like even outside of his whole like little stock game he plays on Twitter and Periscope, which is just which is just a game because he's got sponsors and all this. He's making unbelievable amounts of money with Barstool Sports. That it's like, he, how do you see Bitcoin when you're swimming in dollar bills? You know. Well, he he said Bitcoin is just one big Ponzi scheme, but I guess that's one of his right. just uh, eye catching statements there or something. Uh, I, I think I think he gets it, man. I think he just like I I think he's just swimming in money, but I think he gets it. I really do. All right, you know, yeah, excellent. And uh, linear Trav, what do you think? I'm I'm not quite convinced that he's he's there yet, you know, because he did call it a Ponzi scheme, and and you know he said he sees no rational reason why it goes up day to day, like he knows with the stock market right um but you know bitcoin i think is you know just to get to the edge of the rabbit hole it's you have to hear about bitcoin five to seven plus times i think he's probably close to the edge but he he's definitely not all in um but i do got to say those weak hand memes <laughs> those, those are killer all right uh, that's what i'm here for <laughs> brandon 
so first off, life and society is one big Ponzi scheme. Uh, so, you know, this is in some ways like a little bit of a glimpse into how everything else works. The dollar is a huge Ponzi scheme. Uh, so I think actually it was very cool. Uh, I, I listened to the interview. I thought, uh, first off, as a media guy, you know, it was fascinating. Portnoy, Barstool is one of the coolest companies in the media space. Uh, everyone should pay attention to them. Um, so from that perspective, it was cool to hear that kind of side. Uh, I think Portnoy will be a huge Bitcoiner in the next bull run. Uh, I think he'll be one of the, the biggest advocates for it as he starts getting his feet wet. Um, and and it, like this exposes the, the stooly, you know, uh, segment a little bit more to Bitcoin uh, with a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, it feels more real this time than when you're talking about asteroid mining with Winklevi. So uh, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was really entertaining. Uh, everyone should watch it, honestly. Uh, as a Bitcoin magazine, it's not our content. I think everyone should watch it. It was great. Uh, and I think Portnoy, you know, he's a one of a kind. And, and to have him as a Bitcoiner, I think is really cool. And he does, he does get it. He does get it. Uh, just give him some time. All right. Now we're going to get to the part of the show where everybody can talk about what they're doing, talk about things that I didn't uh, bring up, news stories. But first, I want to bring up something uh, that uh, uh, I got a message. Hey, Adam, do you know any Bitcoiners who would be interested in managing social media for a Bitcoin startup? So I, I link to it below. You can, you can contact Dennis about it. I'm giving... People say they need jobs. People say they're in motion. Well, here's something you can do, people. This is a, a job in the space. There are all sorts of jobs in the space, from marketing to technical. Do you know any Bitcoiners who would be interested in managing social media for a Bitcoin startup? So I'm giving you guys, I'm giving to the community here. This is an opportunity. Uh, it's it's just so funny when I do give out opportunities like this. So few people actually respond. It's uh, it says a lot. Well, well, I, we're gonna start with um. Uh, we'll start with Brandon real quick because I, I just want to um, say that uh, you, you, you're already starting to talk about the 2021 uh, Bitcoin conference, okay? And also, you are in Nashville, which has gotten a lot of uh, uh, press lately. Uh, well, Ben Shapiro is moving there. He's getting out of California, and he's taking his business to Nashville. And this started like making me wake up like, wait a second. Tennessee's got a really friendly tax policy, and there are quite a few people moving to Nashville now. And there's so many people leaving California now. So you're 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 going to have an event in California, but you are in Nashville. So uh, I just gave a, and you could talk about anything you wanted right now. I'm just throwing a lot of stuff out there uh, for you. So so take it away. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, one trend that's going to come from this whole crisis of this year uh, is that people are going to reevaluate where they're living and they're going to go places where the security and safety is better and the, the quality of living is better and a little bit more areas to ironically uh, extend your elbows. Uh, so I think Nashville will benefit from that from, uh, you know, a couple of the shout outs, of course, Bitcoin 2021 uh, is April 30th through May 1st of next year. If you love Bitcoin, if you're interested in Bitcoin, come check it out. Uh, our headliners are Tony Hawk, Nick Zabo, we got pomp on there. We got you know all sorts of uh, cool speakers in the in the pipeline. So stay tuned. Um, I would also say Shana Tova. Uh, it's it's a new year, and uh, uh, you know it, to, for me it feels like 2020 is over. So I'm gonna uh, pretend like this is a brand new year for me and, and move forward. Uh, and I would also say um, you know I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, uh, Ron Paul had a yeah. uh, a bit of a medical emergency a little bit earlier so uh thoughts and prayers with his family 
uh, you know, it looked really scary. So, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be okay. Break, breaking news. I had no idea that was going on. I'm going to have to look that up on uh, Twitter real quick. Uh, any other things you want to, any, any new stories that were forgotten? Nothing else you want to throw out there? All that right. covers it for me. All right, Brandon, you rock it, baby. Happy New Year indeed. I guess uh, <laughs> people are like, oh, those Jewish people are so lucky. It's it's a new year. For them. <laughs> yeah. there, there you go. There you go. All right, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go to uh, Linear Trav. Oh, yeah, you, Linear Trav, I know what you're going to bring up. Yeah, bring it up. Yeah, uh, my heart goes out to Ron Paul, too. I, I saw that video. It was, it was disturbing, to be honest. I hope, I hope he's okay. Um, one thing I was going to bring up is not Bitcoin related. Um, as a tech guy, you know, there's, there's only a few things that really make me as bullish as I am on Bitcoin, um, and that's Tesla. This week, they had their investor and battery day outlining their new battery tech. And why is that big? Um, I think they, they are coming out with new, new batteries within a, in a few years that are 54% um, higher range, have a 56 kilowatt hour reduction with 69% cheaper cost to build. I think this is um, truly revolutionary as it, it will change the game for both electric storage and electricity use with, with automobiles. I think um, the future is electric and they're way, way ahead of the pack. So as, as far as, as bullish as I am on Bitcoin, I think Tesla's right there behind their um their stock's gone up crazy this past uh six eight months but i think their tech um is even more amazing 2020s it's the golden age i i love dudes like elon musk that are innovating and uh and i love uh, innovative money i love what people are creating in the space keep on creating whatever you're doing i agree with it but creation is better than destruction so i'm glad uh you brought that up Real quick, uh, message from Ron Paul. I'm doing fine. Thank you for your concern. And there's a picture of him in the That's hospital good. bed. So it looks like uh, whatever happened to him, uh, he's uh, doing better than what was going on apparently. So we will we we will conclude here with the uh, the 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 new guy to the uh, the show, Truth Raider. You rocked it today, man. What do you, what do you have to share? And all these guys are linked to below. So please follow them, of course. For sure. No, I think for me, like the big thing is just the realization that we're super young right now as an industry. Um, like people don't realize like the growth, the growth potential. Um, and so for me, what's more exciting is I like to look at stuff outside the States. I like what's being built in Africa. I like what's being built in, in South America. I, I, like I got into Bitcoin and I like Bitcoin because of the opportunity it provides people. And so like from my perspective, that um, I like seeing, I like, I hope, and I, and I, and I, I hope that as an industry, we help rebuild economies that are being destroyed by fiat and by, by bad governance, you know, um, everywhere from Venezuela to places in, in Africa and, and, uh, and things that are going on in Lebanon and good when the, all the shit, all the, or all the dust settles. That's kind of my hope. And, and uh, will it happen? I don't know. Maybe it's just optimism, but uh I hope I, for that. 
I really like your worldly view because it, it, there's so much going on outside the United States. Now, there's a lot, tons of Bitcoin stuff going on in the United States, no doubt about it. I think yeah. it is the, I think it's the capital of the Bitcoin world. But it, what it can do in these other, I've been to Africa, I've been to South America, and it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's great what's what's going on. And I, I do, I think you ended it on a really uh, positive note there. So. Uh, all right, dudes, best freaking guest in the space here. I bring you every single Friday. It's This Week in Bitcoin. Subscribe to the channel, people. Pound that freaking like button. Uh, good Goodbye, my elite friends. I forgot to say hello, my elite friends, at the beginning of the show. Shabbat shalom. Everybody have a good fast on Yom Kippur. And, uh, yeah, th thanks a lot, everybody. Subscribe. And it cut me off. It cut me off. Whatever. <laughs> it did it on its own. So bye. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. All right. So good. We're.